Hi. Hello. Today's visit is in the studio of uh, Juliana Irene Smith. Is that how you say it? Yeah. I mean, right. American. Juliana Irene Smith, but no, no, it's Juliana. Yeah, you did good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're a very interesting combination of backgrounds. Yes. What you can tell a bit more about them? Uh, oh, nationality-wise, yeah. Well, I found out when I was 18 that my biological father was Iranian, or we don't, yeah. We don't know if he's living or dead. Um, and then I did some research at the library and found out more about him. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I got a DNA test to confirm it and found a sister. <laughs> that was kind of crazy. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so um, on the DNA test, it comes up sort of Ottoman, but very focused on Iran. Yeah, and his name is Bayat, his last name, so yeah. And then American Mutt, you know. As we, everybody in America is a little Irish, I guess. I mean, yeah. sorry, is that allowed to be said? Um, yeah. yeah. Whatever you want to say is allowed to be okay. said. Okay, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but you have been living in America most, or no, you haven't? No, I, I just celebrated 20 years of not living in America. So it's like my 20 year expat anniversary. And I haven't been to the States in, uh, since Christmas 2013, so coming on 10 years, which is kind of crazy, yeah. Yeah, so it's weird, I don't, yeah. Yeah, citizen of the world, in a way. I'm running away from everything, <laughs> person, sort of just like, yeah, just wanting to run away. And now being six years in Finland, uh, I feel safe, er, and comfortable, and it's a place that I want to be, and I'm gonna stay. So <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Less How did way. you come here? I mean, you don't have it's a the typical connection. Yeah. No, it's the boy meets. Uh, oh, except I'm the girl, and girl meets boy, and then came to Finland. So it's a bit cliche. Um, but I met Arvid at the supermarket art fair in Stockholm, and I was there with my project space. Um, from Cape Town, we were there exhibiting artists there, and then he was just funny and nice, and a year later, yeah. And I was like, if I'm really honest, I was 39 and a little bit broody for a baby, and I was like, hey, I can't afford long distance Cape Town, Finland, and I really want a baby, and he's like, I've got three, what's one more? <laughs> so, so yeah, it happened all very fast. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And what are we doing in Cape Town? Um, yeah, it's everything sort of like led from one place to another. So if I could start back, like I graduated university from New York and it was like competing with so many people. And so I went to Berlin because it was cheap. And, it was, and then from there, it's just sort of, I've just been sort of spontaneously following things. Um, yeah, just pop, I went to Berlin, went to Switzerland and did my master's and they had an exchange program with South Africa in Johannesburg, which I did, met people. But yeah, a small world art eventually ended up in Cape Town, 2014 for three years. Yeah, I don't know where, it's like burr, burr, burr. in between there were a few other places. Yeah. Hey, that's, uh, to me, that's very interesting. I mean, traveling is something that just gives you so much, so. Yeah, it has given me a lot. I mean, there's, I think there's pros and cons. There's like not this big sense of security and like, but at the same time, yeah, it really gives you a perspective. And uh, I mean, I also spent three years in Ramallah, Palestine, and that was like, um, and then going between places of Europe, Europe and then places that are much more complicated, like South Africa and Palestine. It makes you kind of wonder, like, what am I saying in my work? Like, I don't like for me, I'm a really big advocate of not telling others about others. And I think that's why I'm able to get so personal, because like, I'm not going to go to Cape Town and tell people about apartheid like who the fuck mm. excuse me who the hell am I or I'm not going to tell Palestinians about anything but what I can do is kind of 
share stuff or like in Palestine when I would say like yeah my biological father was Iranian they were like oh that's so cool no wonder you're a little hairy or like <laughs> like, like we have great laser hair treatment here I'm like thanks I need that or like I don't know or you know a bayat in uh, Arabic is a bayati is a musical note and there would be all these and there I was really comfortable like talking about my Iranianness. and then in South Africa it was interesting because like my biological father owned the Woodstock bar and then I ended up living in Woodstock, Cape Town. And I was like, oh, from Woodstock to Woodstock. And there was just sort of, but I would never like, yeah, so I think being able to share your own experiences rather than like go mm -hmm. to some place and talk about them. I think that's always been really important for me. Yeah, and then in those cases, I guess your work stands stronger because I, Saw your exhibition recently in Hippolit, which is still going. Another week. <laughs> Another week. Uh, it's not gonna catch this episode. It's but okay. if you didn't go, you missed it. Sorry. <laughs> there will be more. I hope. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was uh, impressed how strong it it felt. The, Thank you. The the whole show. How did you end up being an artist at all? Yeah. I think it's always like. I mean. I remember taking my mom, my mom was a fashion designer-ish, the textiles, and she had a brown pattern paper and I would just take it and just kind of get messy. Um, and then I took an art class in the last year of high school and the teacher was like, you know, you're really messy, you should take photography. <laughs> I, was like, I mean, now I embrace my messiness, but it was a good point. Like. I'm really bad with scissors and glue and paste. So she's like, maybe photography, you can like keep it in and use your ideas in this nice clean medium. And I was like, okay. So I dropped French and took her to our darkroom class. And I loved it. I just loved being there and the quietness of the darkroom. And yeah, so, but I also sort of thought I wanted to be like a sociologist or I had this kind of complex of I want to save the elephants or I want to like be a UN lawyer or something like I had this feeling but at the same time how it's like good old Rupa, how the hell could you love somebody else if you can't love yourself for me it's like if you can't you you have to save yourself first and because of the really problematic way I grew up I don't think I realized that then so um yeah so then art became a way to, yeah, I don't know, sorry if I'm not being clear, but so I originally wanted to study sociology and I went on this trip to Nepal to live with a Tibetan family and I just cried with this beautiful Tibetan woman. Like she would just take me and I was just like, I don't know, it was like the first time being away, 19 and like, and seeing this, seeing what love is for the first time or seeing motherliness and I was like, and then I took pictures and I realized, okay, these are good photos and I stopped trying to save the world <laughs> to take pictures. And that's when I applied to art school after that and then um, did four years at Parsons. Because also I grew up, at, like I knew nobody was gonna support me. So by going to a design school, I thought, okay, well I'll have the skills to get a job, like mm. being able to edit or studio work or graphics so that I would have a little bit of security. And Parsons is a great school. It was a great school. A lot of debt running from the government. <laughs> <laughs> what about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, it was a good crazy school. Crazy American system with education. Yeah, Crazy American. <laughs> yeah, and actually that's why I wanted to learn German and go to Berlin is because I thought if I'm gonna do a master's, I cannot do it in the States. There's no chance. Um, I was already in debt up to my ears and so I thought Europe at least has free education for, I mean, in some places it, back then it, it did for non-EU people, if you could speak the language. And mm. So my master's cost like I think 2000 francs and that was like nothing back then. So I mean, comparison, yeah, I guess even now it, it's gonna be close to nothing. Yeah, compared <laughs> to the States, I mean, it's, yeah, so yeah. 
It's an interesting soup of uh, events. Yeah, it's a lot of, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm getting old, I'm 45, <laughs> I've been around a little bit. <laughs> no. <laughs> In artist's uh, career path, this is nothing. No, that's good, that's good. I actually really agree with that statement because a lot of people think, oh, and I do believe in promoting young artists, of course, but I feel like now is finally the point where I'm like, ah, okay. I, like this exhibition was the first time I can really be like, that's exactly what I wanted. It's exact, and, and that I haven't always been able to say that. In fact, I don't know if there's ever been a time where I was actually like, sat and was like, oh, I'm sort of proud of myself. And then I'm talking to my therapist like, I don't know what to do with this feeling of pride. Like, and she's like, this is good this is like, <laughs> could be worse <laughs> no because it's not something that I think shame and guilt or all these things like you're not like living with a narcissist mother or an abusive household as a kid you're not allowed to be proud of yourself it's there's no space for that so that's something I really like now for the first time I'm like oh okay like, so it's really, it's a new feeling for me to this sense of, I'm proud of my, like my therapist like, look me in the eye and I'm like, <laughs> Like, it makes me nervous talking about, like, being proud of myself even just for a second. It's very, yeah. It's not, <laughs> yeah. So your mother didn't really support you much when, when you, or did she support you to become an artist? To follow your choices. no it was never about me um no like it was always about her so i don't really think she i don't know it's a really good question like when i was a student in new york like she would come and do the fashion stuff with her line of clothing and textiles and it was just me coming with my friends to photograph and document her work and model for her not me but the other students and organizing and it was i mean she's like yeah and financially no never and that's fine i don't have that expectation but no she yeah i don't i don't have a relationship with her anymore which is, like, I think I would, but having now a really great kid, it's like, what? Like, uh, yeah, just kind of say it. Yeah. Because I have a really great kid. Can I, that, that I can look in something in the eye and say, like, this kid is cool. <laughs> She's really great. So, yeah. How old is she now? Five. Yeah. Yeah. So, but she doesn't have any grandparents. So it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit sad. Great godparents. Great chosen family but yeah so it's okay you know we make up for it <laughs> who wants ice cream everybody wants <laughs> ice cream <laughs> so how is it as a as an artist as a mom at the same time it's a good question um i think for me it's brought out a lot of important things um so topically i think it's been really important um, I'm lucky enough to have a partner that's super supportive and makes things like really well balanced um, work-wise. Um, in when we were living in Vaza, I struggled more just because of the support and the system. I didn't make any friends up there. I found or like vague friends, and but here in Helsinki, I don't know if it's more just the more internationalism or the people are more open or. But I found the community being a mom like really nice. Like she's in a great daycare and the studio is like 10 minutes from the daycare, which makes me less anxious. Um, so you were living in Vasa before? Yeah, we, uh, yeah, Cape Town to Vasa. <laughs> That's a I, change. I almost jumped out of the car, but I was pregnant. So I was like, no, we shouldn't do that. Um, yeah, that was really, that was hard for me. I just. I mean, I appreciate the beauty of the area, but the two block art scene, I mean, in a way there's a lot of benefits. There's support in the rural areas, um, but I just, I felt really lonely and like very isolated. And here it's easier to access other parts of Europe. 
But and so does Arvid have some connection to Vasa or what? how did you... So Arvid and his ex, oh, I don't really want to talk about her in here, but like, okay, so Arvid moved here. Um, with, he was living there. He point. was living there with his, with somebody, also Dodge, and they, um, they had this dream of the Finnish... Uh, I don't know, the easy life after Holland or just like the country life. And yeah, I don't know when I, I hadn't, I'd never, <laughs> I had never been to Finland when I moved here. Um, he had come to visit me in Cape Town, but I had this idea, okay, like I sort of romanticized it all. And I was mm. like, very spontaneous. I mean, yeah, but it was really hard. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, Helsinki can be hard for somebody coming from outside and I yeah. can imagine a smaller town is even harder. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know, also like when you're like pregnant or whatever and like you can't just go like meet new people for beers or something, there wasn't a lot of ways mm. or like I wasn't like in the mood to go karaoke even though I love that now, but like there was, it, it was harder to be social. There, there was like one thing that was organized that I loved. It was called like clay and beer. But they would also have herbal tea and you could go make stuff. So like I would try and I did get involved in the art community there, but I just didn't connect as well. Yeah. So, yeah. But now things are good. You're having a show and it's Yeah, no. Great. Yeah. And my favorite club in Zurich was called Helsinki. And I'm like, that's the sign. And it was really funny. Like, I don't know. I really like Helsinki. Like, just this funny place. And I really like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There are things, but I mean, everybody has things everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there's no place without things. No. <laughs> there are no place without things. <laughs> yeah. Um... Okay, yeah, about your work. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very much connected, as you said, to 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 your own experience. And yeah, but in the same time, it feels almost like activism. Thank you. I mean, that I appreciate that um, because I mean, it's such an old cliche or a statement like the personal is political, but I really believe that the feminist motto, like, like if I'm willing to share. Like I've gotten, I've gotten note a note from somebody like saying thank you, and other people like then sharing, and like I don't want it to be a therapy session. This is not communal sharing, like of therapy or something. Even though it's all about those things, but I just want it to be like relatable enough that people can also, yeah, yeah, and that for me it's like. I'm making this work and then it's like at the end of the day I'm standing there and you're standing there and they're standing there it's like we're standing and we're okay or maybe we're not okay but we're still here and maybe all we did was brush our teeth and we didn't shower but maybe that's enough for the day maybe that's the activism is just being like I'm here and you tried to knock me down and you tried your worst on me but I'm still standing and my teeth are brushed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, that is self-care, brushing your teeth. And those little things to me, yeah, it is activism because it's saying like, hey, you fuckers, hey, you bad people, I'm here, I'm here. And I'm not going any, I mean, pink, I'm not going, you know, I'm gonna try, you know. So yeah, to me, it is also a little bit of activism. Thank you for that, because I want that. But I didn't want to say it in the statement, because that sounds a little... Oh I mean, I did read about your work on your website, and there in the text... You in one part, it, yeah, but not in this specific uh, and exhibition you don't need to text. mention the, the word activism to see that it's... Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has a stand. Yeah, yeah, it definitely... Mm. In my whole life, I've been looking at women artists or writers and they've just they've helped me like so but I also don't want I don't want to help anybody I just want to like do my thing and have somebody f feel a little bit of like relatability I don't I don't I'm not into this you know mm. has it always been like that to work or or has it evolved into that well, like in Cape Town I really didn't make work because I like I didn't feel like I could or I didn't 
know how to do it. So then I was really running a project space and that was kind of nice because like I was just sort of hosting and letting other people do their thing. So in that period, I mean, I would just design the flyers and help organize and make sure we had beer and pizza um, for the artists. But uh, it's always had an undertone of, yeah, I've never been afraid to be honest or personable or sad or angry or drunk or sober or yoga or not. I don't know. Like, um, yeah, I'm not afraid to be vulnerable, even though I guess the humor is my like little, I'm vulnerable, but I'm still going to tell you a bad joke. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it does take some balls to go there and uh, show yourself truly. Yeah. But I also don't want to, yeah, I, I don't want to do it that it's so like with the sound piece, like I really tried to, there was a, there's a sound piece in the show that it's like clips from me doing exposure therapy. And that was really a hard work to make because I had completed the therapy. What is exposure therapy? So exposure therapy is this process where you sit in your therapist's office and you tell one of your most traumatic memories and then you record it and you do it like with your eyes closed. Well, at least I did it with my eyes closed and my therapist then asked questions along the way. And then you repeat that four to five times in a session and record it. And each time you kind of go deeper or there's more questions or you kind of can feel where the pain is by your voice and the guiding. And then you have to listen to that recording every day. We kind of gave myself two days off a week uh, over and over again. And it's so that the triggers of the memory in your day-to-day -day life it becomes just a memory instead of like reliving that experience by such triggers. So I was abused for many years, many, many years. So like we would focus on one of those events and then like go through it. And then we realized, oh, part of this trauma isn't just about who did that, but also your mother because your mother didn't protect you. And there's things that come up in this. So we did this for eight weeks. And I asked with it, can I try to make something of this? And she's like, yeah, of course. But I took her voice out and I just picked very generic clips like 561 Eureka Street in San Francisco or uh, the bedroom had wood paneling and, and or she didn't wake up. I tried to keep it without all the specifics, but also the things like I felt like a shell or, and then I overlaid it with um, this it almost sounds like a Twin Peaksy kind of sound that I got from an amazing person on freesound.com. They're very generous and they gave me a longer clip um, just to kind of give it that eerie cinematic feeling also to take you out of it being so real. Like by giving it a cinematic tone, maybe it feels more, yeah, mm. cinematic or less like, and yeah. we affected the voice a bit and stuff like that. Just so... But I think the sound was an important part. And then we also gave breaks. So it's like a 10 minute sound piece, but then there's pauses like every two minutes, just because I really don't want to burden people, but I also want there to be that vulnerability. I think I that balance. I don't think I heard that sound piece in your exhibition. What? I don't. The opening, it was very difficult to hear. I we, mean, it, it was very crowded, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Go and check it out. I put one video clip on uh, my Instagram, but um, I I will put a Vimeo up hopefully soon. I just every time I try to record it in the space, like somebody came in or there was, so I might just overlay it, make a better video of it to document it properly. Mm. So how would you, which would you say are the main themes in your work, like the feminism in a way? Yeah, I think it's just um, the main themes are just sort of the, I mean, it, if, you, if I do it statistically, yeah, it's like intergenerational trauma, recovery, but to me it's also empowerment and um, strength, definitely m motherhood, 
Um, grief has come up a lot more recently. I've been working with uh, Julia Fitter, who's doing a book, Grieve With Me. Um, and I really appreciated that she acknowledged the grief in my work. Um, because, like, there's a term that I've been reading about a lot this past year called ambiguous grief. And it means to grieve somebody that's alive. Like, so if somebody has, like, dementia or addiction or they they ran away or anything or in my case stopping a very toxic unhealthy relationship and as soon as i stopped that relationship my panic attack stopped it was crazy i was like oh <laughs> okay so um but it is still a like a loss because i'm not going back that so it was really nice that somebody acknowledged that that's also a form of it is grief it's an mm. ambiguous loss um and now i'm sort of also looking at that like how grief in my work like anger and grief because like what was taken from me as a child or things like this like yeah maybe it's like there are stages of grief and i'm in grief or there are stages of recovery or whatever but um yeah i think grief is something that's coming up more and more of how to how to grieve especially if somebody is alive like mm. yeah all right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean that's why the humor is really important because like mm. you know it makes it a little more accessible somehow. yeah and it's also because like i know i'm talking about heavy shit like i do like i'm talking about rape culture i'm talking about grief abuse but at the same time, it's like, and it's so prevalent. That's what's so gross. It's like, it's so prevalent. And the humor is not meant to make light of it, but also kind of take the power back somehow. Or like, tequila makes me laugh. Vodka makes me cry. I don't know, but you know, like, or who's the fucking loser? Like, you're the lame duck dick. I mean, I, those are the, you know, yeah. So... Mm. <laughs> yeah. You haven't started some other work right now, means to like go in the exhibition? Or, um, or are you working on something else? No, I mean, I think this is kind of where I'm going to be going for a while. I would love to start working more sculpturally. This is something I'm um, trying to take the textile pieces and make them more dimensional. I'm really interested in like the full space. That's why I think. I loved the Hippolyta space because it's like an old theater. It's almost like a fish bubble, a, fi a fish aquarium. You can like come in there. And that's why for me sound and even the extra lights and the... But now I'm like, how can I make this also using sculpture, but with similar kind of textiles and, and photography and text. I've always had this obsession with like islands and I've made a few stages in my life where it's like a very colorful stage with white stairs. I've done a few of those. So I'd be interested to see, I don't really have a lot of space in here, but yeah, see if it gets a little bit more 3D. Yeah, I think that would be fun. So that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you start from photography, which is very flat, but you tend to, want to expand it somehow yeah i tried in art school and they just didn't know what to do with me i made like this really cool laminated purse like from porn magazines in the color dark room i just laid them with glass and then they kind of got this double exposure and i called it the pussy purse and they were like what do we do with this kid and i'm like that's so cool <laughs> and, like, and i did i made dresses and you know kind of what's to be expected of art school young bothered <laughs> no but whatever like I made a cyanotype dress with a red sash and I, some of the works I was quite proud of but I've always tried to make photography dimensional somehow but it's it's, it's not an easy task <laughs> no no it's not <laughs> mm, okay and when you're working on some project uh do you have a specific set of routines or something how do you get into the into the process well uh I think the past two or so plus years since we've been in Helsinki or since I've had this studio 
um, I take Francis to school and then I come here and work as long as it feels right. Usually till about 12 and then I get hungry and need to take a break, do the family shopping, laundry, all those other family things. Um, then always, you know, gotta have time to write grants and proposals and all the admin kind of thing. So yeah, I'm usually about three hours here every, every day or at least, yeah, maybe, you know, there's therapy day and then I come in a little bit in the afternoon. I'm not a super, I'm 10 hours a day kind of person, but I am pretty good about coming daily or yeah, for two, three hours. And yeah. you only do your kind of manual stuff here, not the... Yeah, I mean, the camera I try to take with me as much as possible. I'm working with an analog uh, camera, 35 millimeter. Um, but even that, sometimes I need a break and I just don't feel like schlepping it or carrying it. Why analog? Isn't digital easier? Uh, but I, I love the, uh, the control of the 35. You know, it's, you know, 36 shots. So even when I teach photography, I'm always like, even if you're digital, try to limit yourself to a roll of film because then you're not just spending a million hours editing through stuff. You're paying more attention to the single image. So, I mean, it's rare that it'll take more than one shot of something, maybe two if the flash doesn't work. Um, and it's not cheap. And so I think also there's like that, like there's that focus. Like I really want to take this picture, not just. Do you develop the film by yourself or you just go no, to the studio? No, I take it to the lab here. But um, I would love to start printing it myself the images I've printed for other photographers here in Helsinki and if you need a photographer printer hire me I need more side hustles um, I love printing photography black and white and color it's like one of my favorite things to do it's so isn't color uh, printing a little toxic I don't know is it like I haven't mm. done it in years <laughs> done. so I've heard there's a machine mm, yeah of yeah. course yeah if, if it's not manual if it's no manual, I've never done the color baths I've only printed on in the on the enlarger and then put it in that yeah that's how we were taught yeah I'd like to try it but I mean well maybe one day you never know yeah let's see what the grants come up I, do, I would really like to see how far also you can push the 35 I know you can't push it that far but yeah push it in what sense the size push the size yeah. like as far as in grainy as it could get mm. so. yeah mm, you said already that uh, when you were living in Vasa it was very hard to have people around and be social and all that so I guess the community is important to you yeah yeah I think both my partner and I were both very social people we love to invite people over and um, we like to go out, that's why we don't, you know, Francis will often be with us at openings because we don't always want to have to take turns and yeah, we don't want to not have a life just because we have a kid. I mean, we're not irresponsible in any sense of the word, but if we're going to openings from five to seven, why can't we have a kid with us? Like big deal. And there's not, I think you do see it, but not as much as I thought you would see it. Yes, so. it's funny here. I think that here it's a little bit of a, different attitude towards having kids around. I mean, I come from Bulgaria, yeah. so there it's it's very natural that why wouldn't you take the kid with you? To the opening? To the, to the opening or if you go somewhere to see your friends. Yeah. But here it's, I haven't seen it so much. Right? Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know either. Well, maybe that they're, I think I've heard that Finnish families, but if, if I'm wrong, I apologize, but like they're really big on the routine, I think. Like mm. This bedtime, this meal time. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Or maybe the parent wants a break. <laughs> then I think I totally get that. At the opening of my exhibition, I had a babysitter. I wanted <laughs> It's nice. Like, she's great, but we can also have a night off for now and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's about balance. But yeah, social is super. I love, like, I just also joined Kila, the left wing activist cultural group. Also because I think it's really important what they're doing, but also to meet like-minded left-wing cultural workers in Helsinki and in Finland. I was like, yeah, I definitely want to join this group. And What do they do? 
Right now they're working on this really amazing statement of solidarity about, um, and if I get this wrong, but like, no, for, uh, and taking a stance of what the current government is doing wrong and where their position is. So, mm. but they do all sorts of uh, activities, but mainly just, I think, standing as a group, um, a left-wing group and on what is should be acceptable in the government or in politics as like, hi, we're the artists and cultural workers. This is where we stand on certain issues. And mm. it's a sense of community with that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard of them. I'll send you. They're cool. <laughs> Just joined <laughs> a couple months ago. So do you go to exhibitions otherwise, uh, other than your own? Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, of course. I love seeing um, what's on and going to exhibitions. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What are your favorite places here in the city? I mean, obviously, Hippolyta. <laughs> no, I mean, in Hippolyta, I'm a really big fan because of just the light and the space. And well, now I'm also a fan of uh, the people that work there because they're amazing. Um, what spaces do I like? I mean, it's hard to say because I feel like it depends on really the show. Like, um, like I think there's been some really good shows at Gallery Sculpture and they're always really nice and I feel like my kids always welcome. And um, yeah, I, I don't, it's that, a really hard question because I don't want to be too critical. Sorry. No, 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 that, that's a tough one. Yeah, I don't want to be overly critical. I mean, you don't have to be critical. Just say, oh, I like this place or that place. You don't have to say why you don't like those that you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't have to say anything if you don't want to. Well, I think, I think like anything in, in anywhere, there's hit and miss, right? Like, mm. I've seen some amazing shows at Cena and I've seen some shows that I don't like at Cena, but that's also personal taste and personal preference. And of course. Yeah. So, um, yeah and it's also hard to judge because like some are more some exhibitions i'm obviously more emotionally connected if i know the artist and i like the artist i like you know if somebody is an arrogant jerk I, even i might like the work i'm like i don't like the shit you know like so i don't know it's all connected mm. yeah yeah um i could tell you rather like what shows that i love like that kiersey mikola show at uh, forum box i I freaking loved that show. There was, it was just like, when was that? That was a couple of years ago. It was like, Kirsty's like, maybe not, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. Teaches in Austria and like this big paper color painting, big massive. And I was just like, and it was just enough like messy, but con I don't know, the color. I just, oh, I was like, oh. it was one of my favorite shows in Helsinki. I don't know if I've seen that show. I mean, it doesn't come to mind immediately. Like. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I can check maybe the archives there. Yeah, know. it's really good. I'm such a fan. Or are you a fan of otherwise, like other artists that you like? I mean, I like all the classics, right? I love Anna Mangiata, Sarah Lucas, even though Tracy Emin's kind of a, I've heard uh, ups and downs, I still like them. I love Kim Suya, who did The Needlewoman. I found that so elegant. Um, Two of my favorites I met years ago, uh, um, Basil Abbas and uh, Ruan Aburame from Palestine. They were just in the uh, Berlin Biennale and their sense of installation and layering and light. I mean, I'm obsessed with their work. I think it's, but yeah, I mean, Kara Walker, Sam Gillian, Vivian Sutter. I love the quilts of, and I always say this wrong, is it Ben Guy? Oh shit, please don't quote me, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I will try to write down all of those. <laughs> you know, I, on, the, on the website of the podcast, there is a section recommendations. Okay, okay. yeah. So you, can, you can see what people but are doing. But then I will miss uh, the spelling, because I saw the, what you did on YouTube, so I didn't go to the other website. I should have, sorry. That's fine. You can okay. go now. Okay, I will go now. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Yeah, but I did do the YouTube and watch the view. Yeah. No, no, it's, I mean, whatever is more convenient, of course. Um, 
I have the question of do you involve your friends and family in your work, but you kind of obviously somehow involve them because the photographs you take yeah. are often of and your close people. And also the textile works are like a lot of snapshots. So every photo that you'll see in my textile work is from my family's archive, like their old photo albums or my old photo albums. And so my best friend, Claudia, who's the godmother, there was quite a few photos of us, like one, the one on miso soup and tears is us when she came to visit me in Palestine. So I think she and I have been to like 13 countries together. She's sort of my family, so. No, she's not sort of, she is my family. Um, so yeah, but, and I, I did ask permission from everybody in the big photographs if it was okay, like Arvid's kids. There was a funny picture of Arvid's boy and I was like, oh, maybe he's self-conscious because he's kind of crying in this funny wig. And I was like, is it okay? And he's like, yeah. And then we took a picture of him next to it. And he was like, I mean, so I think that is important to me that I do ask. Well, actually, I don't ask any of my family members. I don't really care what they think because they've never been here. They don't acknowledge me. So I'm going to use the old family photos and I don't care. But in the big ones, everybody had permission given. <laughs> Is there a community around <clears throat> this place here, the, where your studio is? No, not really, no. I, I don't know anybody here, except the person that uh, recommended or I'd asked where her, their studio is. Uh, but no, there's no community here. Yeah. I, it, I mean, I really love the people that run the theater. They're super nice and supportive. Um, and my studio mate's my best, one of my closest friends here. But other than that, it's barely even hello. So, mm. but I don't, I don't, I'm okay with that, actually. Well, it's a pretty large building, I guess. It's not so easy to... But also, it's like, I feel like it's kind of this one place that I love to come, and it's like, I've just put on earbuds and listen to music, and I don't, I don't, I'm not looking for that so mm. much in the... Yeah. But going out and exhibition openings and meeting people or doing other activities, going on art walks or whatever, that I, that I like the community mm. I feel like when I'm in work it's like okay am I gonna laugh or cry today I don't know let's see what comes up <laughs> mm. so you use your work kind of to yeah. process yeah stuff. completely yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> I do <laughs> yeah yeah a lot I mean that's that's one of the great benefits of art that it can do that I think so, yeah, I think so too. And I think there's this misconception of like therapy art and it's like, oh, come on, like that, that's like, uh, what do you call outsider art or something? And I'm like, I think just by being vulnerable and on your, on your work or in your work or with your work, um, yeah, I mean, I still go to a paid therapist, but I also, yeah, I can kind of get shit out. How did you, go towards the textiles well it's not a default that photography and textiles go together no it's that's true in in vasa so it when i started i had been making like smaller like zines and watercolor books for and collages on the paper for a, a long time and i knew i wanted to get bigger so i bought like in um the kids bedroom in vasa i like bought this large Fabriano paper and it sort of started with that and then I would add textile on the paper so Like I would kind of collage the the fabric on the paper and then The paper is like really hard to work with because it's so stiff and like curls up and it's hard to and then I started to realize like oh, the textiles so soft and kind of cozy and instead of just adding it to the paper then I just started using the textiles themselves and in this show like I do still work with paper but like I didn't want to combine the paper with the textiles in this exhibition um, but actually I've always worked with textiles in some way in my work like I, now that I'm thinking about it like yeah like I don't know maybe it's because my mom's a textile designer like I've done knitting things like 
I think I was one of the first knit bombers, like wrapping shits up with it, knitting. Like that, I was one of the first to do that. Like I'm, like I would knit in like class, and then I told you I made the pussy purse and the cyanotype dress. Like I've always, we had this cyanotype T-shirt company when we were in students. Like I've always sort of liked cloth mm. fabric. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting though because uh, I mean, uh, for me in my work, I, I avoid cloth. Yeah. Like the plague. <laughs> Somehow this softness is bugging me so much. I I can't. I, I mean, I I come from a background of porcelain and glass, which is very hard materials, and just like scratching something or cutting it, it, it has been so much easier for me than dealing with cloth, which is this so fluidy and uh, yeah. Yeah, I find the stiffness hard, like, I don't know, yeah, that's funny. It's interesting, yeah. Something about the studio space, since that's a pretty big pillar in the podcast, it's, yeah. always, it's always about the studio as well. Oh, then I, sorry that I didn't clean up more now. No, um, no that's fine. That, that, <laughs> you totally don't have to. The, the more authentic <laughs> it is, actually, the better. My house is really clean and I'm super, like... OCD with my house and then this place I'm like eh, there's glitter and then but because the building will eventually we don't know what's gonna happen with the building they said I don't have to worry about the floors or the walls so they I'm like okay thank you so yeah um, I don't know it's just my little space so you're sharing the the space with one other person yeah so you a Vineo who's yeah next door so how big is the whole thing? I'm really bad with square meters, but I think it's like 17. Does that sound right? 17. It feels a little bigger than that, but maybe it's 17. Maybe it's 17 or 18. I'm not sure. But mine's like half of that. Mm, yeah. But yeah, just super convenient that it's so close to home. And I use the walls and do dyeing on the floor. Probably will give now to after the exhibition once a year. I do a little whitewash mm. to start over underneath. So you basically mostly uh, paint some of the textiles. textiles. Yeah, I here. just nail them in, and then or I'll you, you sometimes do a pre-dyeing session on the textiles, and then put them up. Write in pen a little bit of my thoughts, like. Like what text is gonna go on there, and um, yeah, I have piles of photographs, old photographs that I could show you, and just funny textiles. And behind you is the pile that didn't make the Hippolyta cut, <laughs> so those were not it, in the exhibition. It's not a small pile. It's not a small pile. <laughs> I wasn't sure how many I was gonna like hang up on top, but because I do think they need to be red and it became less than we thought. How do you find your textiles? They're all kinds of different. Yeah, oof, sale days. <laughs> yeah, and old clothes and wherever. Uh, flea markets. Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Finland has this really amazing textile culture. So on one hand, some of the textiles are so recognizable that I kind of don't want them to be like, oh, that's a Mary Mecco textile. I don't, but um, but some are also really beautiful that it's like hard not to be attracted to them and like, ooh, what can I, so it's that. What would you say is the most important part of the studio for you? It's like the only place that I have like a space to myself because like we live in central Helsinki and I mean, our apartment's decent size, but like I share the bedroom with my partner and even Frances we haven't moved her to the other room yet because she still gets into bed with us so I don't this is like the only space that's mine mm. and though even though we share it there is sort of that divider that's like this is my space and he works nights I work morning so I don't know it's kind of my little yeah it's okay it's messy it's like it's just my little safe space yeah. Um, yeah. And you're fine with sharing it. Have you have had a studio before that was completely your own? 
No. In fact, I haven't had a lot of studios. I've never really been able to afford a studio. In Cape Town the last year, I had a little bit of a corner of a shared studio, which was fun, but I, I was mainly organizing other exhibitions. So I've never really had a studio. Like, is that right? I've always just used my bedroom or whatever I could find because I've always been hustling for the dollar. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, yeah, financially it's, it's always been so I mean, if, you, if you're on your own most of the time, of course, it's very tough to yeah, afford and yeah. So, but this is actually, I only pay 135 for this space. So, I mean, only, I don't mean to say that because there's been times where I'm like, oh shit. Um, but yeah. Isn't that kind of a normal for an artist? I guess so, yeah. Well, I don't know, I'm still trying to figure out in Finland, like, is everybody have a side hustle or is everybody really good at the grants or is it a mixture of both? Um, How important would you say it's for an artist to have a studio, generally? Well, I, I don't know. For me, it was like, if you have a bedroom, then you have some tape, you can use your bedroom. I, yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know. For, for me, it was not something I could afford for many, many years. So, um, but I do think community for some people is really important and like being able to check in and have that feedback, maybe. I think I'm really too self-conscious or too easily influenced. So I'm afraid of the feedback because then maybe it'll influence me too much. Um, so I'm sort of protective of my space. Of course, I do like to invite people for a coffee or whatever, but yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm the wrong one to ask on that one because I don't know. I'm like, like, yeah. I mean, there's no right and wrong answer to this. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Have you been in a creative block situation type of when you? What is that? When mean? you can't really? Oh, like have a do your work or something. Something stopping you too your work uh, not no. has it always come very easy to to create I think when the block comes it's more like self-doubt or like not being able to trust myself or like if somebody gives an opinion that it wasn't asked for then I'm like oh um, and not being able to trust myself, like if I don't just like, yeah, if I'm feeling insecure, then it's, but I think then it's the best is like, I've thrown many things away, but like, I think that's why I just try to work it out through the textiles, just kind of, yeah. I, I think I'm, it's, if I don't listen to the outside voices or my own negative voices, I think it's also okay if I fail, like it doesn't, I don't expect everything to do is, oh, that's like. Yeah, what's a fail anyway? Yeah, what's a fail anyway, exactly. Mm. It just may not be the right time or needs to be reworked later or it's just whatever, yeah. But So how do you get out of that? <laughs> Take a long walk. You know, walking is, I think, really important for me and my mental health or just so. If I'm feeling stuck or not feeling good, like I love that we're that Helsinki is surrounded by water that you can just kind of walk the edge of the city or wherever and have water. I don't know. That I find very therapeutic is being well, water, water is very relaxing yeah, generally. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, maybe as a as a wrap of this, uh, if you can share some of your favorite places of inspiration, where you where you go and. Hmm. Be happy, and <laughs> <laughs> or where you go and be sad, and then you feel like you need to work. <laughs> I don't know something. Do you have such places? It can be physical places. It can be books, or it can be movies, or whatever it is. Well, like for a while, it was like when when Arvid and I had a little extra cash because we both had the COVID grant. I was always like, okay, I'm gonna take a long walk, and then Tokyo Street 
and have noodles. I like it's like my comfort food. I like once a week. Can I please have those like Tokyo street noodles with salmon, please? I don't know food. I think it's such a yeah like coziness. A bowl of soup, like for me, it's like oh, I don't know. Um, where do I go to kind of? Well, yeah, I mean, also, when, uh, two years ago, I uh, started therapy for the first time, like, really a long-term therapy. I've always gone to, like, crisis center therapy. And now, like, I know it's really difficult to get into the Finnish system, but once you do, they offer you three years Kayla-supported therapy, and that has been amazing to me, like, that um, I can actually afford to go to weekly therapy. And like, there's a joke in my family that like, my husband's Dutch, my kid is Dutch, my therapist is Dutch, and she lives here. Like, I go to her weekly. Um, so I mean, I don't know. Like, I think just this summer we had a break, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm taking a break. And then starting again, it was like, oh no, I have to work again. And it's like the summer break, okay, we had the exhibition, but it's like I took a break and we did all this fun Helsinki boat tours and stuff. And then, you know, it's fall and you got to go to work on your stuff and grant writing. And then you also, I also have to work on myself through therapy. But like, I'm so grateful to be able to do that. I don't, yeah. So yeah, food therapy and walking, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Just like, I'm not such like the poorest person, but I love city walking and just, yeah. If I can afford it, a cappuccino with oat milk along the way and like, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, this has you. been a pretty short uh, talk, but pretty condensed one. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah, hope Good you luck. don't get glitter everywhere on your clothes. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I can shine a little more. Yeah, oh, come on. <laughs>
prom photos, all sorts of like, it's my grandfather, my brother, my half brother and I at the Berlin Wall. So yeah, I have these like stacks of photos everywhere. Like some are like, the rejects from my grandparents' house. And we just, nobody wanted them. And I was like, I'll take them. So these are the photos that I use in the textiles. Um, yeah, sometimes now I've been scanning them so I don't lose them completely but some of them have original ones. Let's see what else we have in here. Oh yeah, this one I tried to rework. Still feel like it needs a little bit more reworking. Two of my favorite works kind of combined on one. I have Flower Fucker and Sad Fuck. But I'm not, uh, this one I feel like needs still some more love. This one I think is the one that's going to be in, uh, I will be in Astra magazine coming up, the feminist Swedish speaking magazine. I think they put this one in there. I just celebrated 20 years of not living in America, but I'm still standing and my teeth are brushed. I'm vulnerable, but I'm still gonna tell you a bad joke. 